ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world's best podcast. Number one. Number one podcast. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> Number one podcast uh, recorded here in this room in Venice. Uh, and uh, it's Adrian. I'm going to be reprising my role as host. Uh, we didn't have protests, so I'm just going to pick up that mantle again and go with it. <laughs> Uh, we have some special guests here returning uh, from last week. We have Brian Lyles. Hello, Brian. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, who's that across the, the room here? I, I barely recognize the man. Uh, uh, Alex Chard. It is me. I am back. Welcome back, Alex. It's good to have you back. <laughs> been a long time. Here at the table. I mean, it's been a long time for all of us. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you, I've been keenly missing your dulcet tones. I've missed your... I've, I've missed <laughs> speaking to another Australian oh, it's nice, and recording it? it. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just so they can cringe. <laughs> cringe away. Um, excellent. How have you been? I've been good. Been, um, yeah, had a really sort of busy and fun time since I last podcasted. I can't remember when it was. Um, but yeah, end of the year really, really well and in a positive way. A friend of mine from New Zealand, Emma, came to visit. Um, and we were up in Washington in Seattle with um, Bethany's family and we road tripped all the way down from Seattle to LA Great times. Um, which which uh, I helped Emma film because she was on a journey to meet uh, this woman uh, who was her pen pal uh, yes yeah, so a documentary of sorts yeah since she was nine um, wow and it was incredible it was a I, really I, beautiful journey I look forward to uh, the end results of that yeah process. at the moment I think Emma's using She's not sure what context she's going to use the footage in, whether it's going to be part of a stage play, like a play, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. incorporating some of the footage and audio, mm -hmm. or if she's going to use it just as inspiration to write a screenplay. Don't know yet. But, Excellent. Uh, but it was a beautiful journey. And uh, yeah, and in January, I shot my first film here in LA. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. Exciting. Yeah, very I would. Exciting. I would clap if it wasn't so unpleasant on the radio. Yeah, no need to clap. You can just. Uh, I'll, I'll wink at you several times. Oh yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I'm feeling it. How's Thank that? You. Yeah. yeah, no, that was. We're not recording this, but I just winked several times yeah. in Alex's general direction, and I'm glowing as a result. Absolutely. Thank you, Adrian. Absolutely. Um, and Brian, how are we? How, anything exciting happening since last week? Uh, nothing too exciting. Just still catching up on movies. I did. Um, I, I watched a couple of. Uh, it's been interesting. There's there's been a series of Peter Berg films out uh, mm -hmm. that I've been caught catching up on. Uh, Lone Survivor, uh, Deepwater Horizon, and Patriots Day. Okay. And I I was really dug Patriots Day, but when I was watching, I was kind of like, well, this is a, a typical Hollywood ending here. This is they got that big, you know, climax at the end. <clears throat> and then when I went back and did the research on what actually happened, it's. 100% accurate. true, mm -hmm. accurate, which mm -hmm. is refreshing to see. So when I went to see Patriots Day... And Patriots Day, just for everybody who uh, isn't up to speed, that's the one with Marky Mark, Mark That's Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg again. Oh, the Boston, uh, right, the Boston, the Boston bombing. Yeah, yeah, and I followed that when it happened, so I was really curious to see how close they... And it was, again, dead-on factual. So it's been cool, kind of cool to see them so telling the true-to-life story mm -hmm. and not like making it too fantastical. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah. and we've been uh, also working our way through the Oscar noms as well. Yep, uh, last doing that night as well. we watched Man, pardon me, Manchester by the Sea. Yep, yes. Still haven't seen that one yet. Haven't seen it, no, Alex. That's the one that I haven't seen. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah check it out. A lot of controversy. Con con I can't talk. Controversy, of course, around uh, young um, uh, Mr. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. Yeah. So, yeah, because um, he's the front runner. He's the front runner he's the right front now. Runner, yeah, but of course, in terms of his 
past. Yeah, he's had some allegations mm, made yeah, against him that. in the past. Mm. So it puts me in a steep spot in relation to how much I promote and like go. This guy's amazing. I think he doesn't amazing work in the film but uh i think the film has, he been, has, he been, has he been charged for anything or someone's just mm. come out is it, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not up to date with the well i read up, i read up on it basically it was a a there was not a criminal lawsuit it was a civil suit against one of his cinematographers and producers on i'm not there right the the walking phoenix mm-hmm. thing um settled out of court years ago and it was when he got nominated gobble brought back up right. again right right okay. so um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to make a judgment on it. I think the film though is fantastic. I the think I liked excellent. it even better the second time. I, saw I, it. I also did, and there was it really demonstrated to me the brilliance in the writing. Watching it a second time, where Kenneth, uh, you know, Lonergan's put in all these little clues and hints about where the story's going, right. little mm-hmm. motifs throughout the film that you wouldn't know were there when you watched it the first time that just come out as little Easter eggs in the oh, second yeah. viewing. Yeah. Um, Highly recommend. Because is Kenneth Lonergan? He's a playwright, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a yeah play or screenwriter. Yeah. Writer. I watched an interview. He's basically, <laughs> basically a screenwriter to pay the bills. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, if you you most people would think yes, playwright. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just jump straight in. I think uh, let's not dilly dally too much longer here so uh what is it first one uh, is the uh nate's blowdown all right so in game news ladies and gentlemen we have a few things uh nintendo switch games news for those who are excited about the old nintendo switch uh there's a lot of buzz around this little device of course um, so the Nintendo Switch specs are not, of course, up to the same standard as the PS4, but that doesn't mean that they aren't going to throw some epic online role-playing games its way during this weekend's Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest. Uh, Square Enix uh, suggested that the popular PS4 and PC MMORGP, no PG. How what does that stand for again? Multi mega multi. Massive multi. Massive multiplayer online role-play role-play game. Game. Yeah. Wow, look at us. <laughs> we figured it out. Look at us gaming, gaming <laughs> dudes. Memorbug. Memorbug. Oh, yes. Eric, that, I, I prefer that probably. Yeah. So uh, Enix suggested that the popular PS4 and PC Memorbug uh, <laughs> could launch on Nintendo Switch. Um, so the surprising admission was made by the director, uh, Naoki Yoshida. Uh, during the Q&A session there. So um, he said that he wants the game to have as many... Uh, sorry, I want the game on as many platforms as possible to get as many players as possible. But the one condition that we have is that we continue the cross-server, the cross-world, keeping the matching going so that you don't have just things on one system. Uh, and so if we can clear that... so. And so if we can clear that, then definitely <laughs> having a version with the Switch is something we'd like to consider. Whoa, gee whiz. Well um, we got it. We, I got through it. Mm. Um, to be honest, I have no point of reference on this one um, or excitement. Sorry again, um, Al, for when you're listening to this one. I know you'll be disappointed in me. Yeah, I was excited when I saw the trailer for the Switch when it was launched. Sure. But I haven't followed anything since. Exactly. Like, oh, that looks cool. And yeah. I think I even said it in a couple of podcasts. I was like, this is great. This is the kind of console that I want. Well, I mean, my and thing with I Nintendo is like all the titles are the same. Yeah. Titles. I don't know. I, I got excited about games more than I do consoles, to be honest. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably why I'm not following it too closely. 
But, uh, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen, that could be cool. Could mm-hmm. be good. I don't yeah, know. and it sounds like they're talking about trying to play across different platforms, yeah. which we kind of talked about earlier today. It's yeah. like playing, you know, an Xbox game versus someone on a PS4 or a PC. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If they're, if they're down for that, I'm, I'm all for it, you know. I don't think you should be restricted just by whatever thing you own, but by the game. It looks like it's early days yet, but uh, it may happen. Cool. Um, on uh, news with uh, everyone's favorite game, uh, Rocket League's Hot, Hot Wheels <laughs> DLC. <laughs> I don't think I managed to do any of these podcasts without mentioning Rocket League at least once. What uh, ranking are you now, Adrian? Um, I'm, I'm veteran or something. I don't know. Is that is that as high as you can go? I'm I'm definitely the highest, whatever that is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're gonna get some I emails I, about that, yeah. I think, Actually, or I think some I'm, tweets. <laughs> I, I may have even asked you this last time. Uh, but I how many hours have you clocked in? Do you well, that's a, I think. It, see, I think the ratings just based on the amount of games you've played. To be honest, it's not <laughs> at your skill because there are definitely people out there that have got a lower ranking than me that are far better players than I. Do you want to throw out a number? What of games played? Oh, fuck no! Don't know. I have no idea. Thousand? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Right. Too many. Let's just say too many. Too many, too many games. Um, the veterans worth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so a new Rocket League update has arrived, adding support for PlayStation 4 Pro as well. Uh, the new Hot Wheels DSL, DLC cars and other Hot Wheels items are among uh, that DLC. So here's a rundown on the new content. So you get two new Hot Wheels DLC cars, um, and you also get three free Hot Wheels content. So you get uh, a Hot Wheels topper and an antenna. And uh, you get some other items like a free treasure hunt flag and a shark bite topper as well. Um, there's also a player's choice crate and it includes, and this is in inverted commas, some of the community's favorite customization items. So whatever that is, um, as, as for the, uh, PS4 pro update, it allows the game to run at 4k and 60 frames per second on a PS4 pro or 1080p and 60 frames per second on a standard PS4. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, I'm pretty excited. Brian, I mean, you play PS4, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Talk about the game that just keeps on giving. I've never seen a game like this that can continually put out free content to add to the game. And it's been out for two or three years rather than yeah. try to save that for a, a sequel or something. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it keeps the player base up, right? It's I awesome. Mean, I still it play it. I still play Every it. Every time I load it up again, like a month or two later, I'm like, oh, cool. There's some new shit I can do. Right, this right. This is awesome. You know, Very and, cool. and it reinvigorates my excitement to play. Um, Are you going to get a Hot Wheels car? As a, probably, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Straight after this podcast, I'll be, I'll be heading in there. Um, all right, so there's been also a DLC, DLC for um, the Elder Scrolls Online as well. It's hit PS4 and Xbox, Xbox One, and it's for uh, free housing. Um, so following on, <laughs> following on from the Elder Scrolls Online free player housing update earlier this month on PC, uh, Homestead, launches today on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, with the update, players will be able to purchase and customize their own homes in the game world. Uh, the homes are instanced uh, so that you won't be competing with other plan uh, other players uh, to secure a plot of land. Uh, there are around 40 different options in Homestead, ranging from a small room in an inn to a huge manor estate uh, with vast outdoor areas. Uh, apparently, you can even buy a small island if you wish. So, uh, exciting things on the horizon there for uh, those who are playing Elder Scrolls Online. Being a, I'm a big Elder Scrolls fan. I've been playing since you know way back when Daggerfall came out on like four eight six or whatever it was. Um, I tried Elder Scrolls Online, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. 
but I want to play Skyrim. I want to play what I was used to, I guess. Um, may I and, ask? But that may just be me not liking the big multiplayer online thing. It's not my jibe. What, what's the... I've never played Elder Scrolls. I've played Skyrim. Get what's out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's the advantage of having a house? Is it just like where you save stuff and you yeah, leave I guess it's like things? I, it's kind of I guess it starts moving towards like a um what do you call that you know uh, real life you know it's a sim like a sim sort of right. situation you invite like. your mates around play cards against humanity <laughs> yeah. go out and kill some dragons <laughs> yeah exactly that um so I yeah I don't know to be honest uh, I think. Yeah, they, Bethesda loves this sort of thing. They did it in Fallout 4 as yep. well, where you can like build a little small town for your mm -hmm. people. I mean, the benefit in-game, I guess, in terms of my experience with Skyrim, having a manor house or something like that is so that you can store your equipment, you can store yeah. your weapons, you can put on manic... Like, you have mannequins in the house that you can equip full sets of armor that you've collected right. over the gameplay, you know, um, of your, your game time. So, yeah, it's, it's just a cool place to hang out and go, mm -hmm. yeah, this is mine. In, in, in the game world really yeah that was like in Fallout the it's part a bit that of prestige I never invested much time into right because so of that reason of it <clears throat> starting to dive into like the Sims kind of right see like, I tried to play Fallout 4 and then ended up just building a small town and, <laughs> <laughs> and did none of the other stuff that I was meant to do yeah but that was in the that wasn't like mass multiplayer online sort of yeah. thing this was this is just me fucking around mm -hmm. you know playing with the new abilities in that game so yeah. I've got to go back to Fallout 4 and actually play it play it and do some of the quests and things oh you should it's good oh yeah it's I know it's good. I know it's good I just know that it, like once I start it it's going to be one of those slippery that's, slopes yeah that's why know? when uh, yeah when I stopped like I, I've I've constantly had that <laughs> thought of I want to go back but I know exactly that exactly same reason yeah just, yeah like me with Skyrim, like if I, if I turn that on again, it's it's going to be a huge, massive waste of time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huge. But I really want to. At That's one true. Point. That's true. I mean, I just finished up Uncharted 2, um, which was just so cool. I, so I can't cool. recommend Un Uncharted enough. Like the whole number series. one was great. Number two was just as awesome. They didn't reinvent the wheel. They just went, we're on a good thing. Let's make it a little bit cleaner, a little bit better. Um, and then uh, when I finished it, I was like, oh, maybe I'll finish it with the guy character now. Because I, I finished it with, uh, you know, the girl and then mm -hmm. was going to go back and do it as Corvo. And then, and then I deleted it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you played 3 and 4 yet? What? Uncharted? Uncharted? 3 and 4, no. Uncharted. I'm oh, not Uncharted. What am I talking about? I'm talking about... Um, mm, 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 mm. Dishonored. 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 Thank you. What was I thinking? Uh, Uncharted must now be in my news. Now you have to play, play Uncharted. Oh, <laughs> do you know why I'm saying Uncharted? Here we go. This is why I'm saying Uncharted. Sorry, everybody. I'm having an interesting afternoon. Um, yes, no, Dishonored. Play Dishonored. Really, really good. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking Uncharted because I was looking over my notes and it says here, this is my next point of news, Horizon Zero Dawn predicted to sell 8 million units close to Uncharted 4. Hence oh, the Uncharted. Got it. Um, so Sony's next big PlayStation 4 exclusive, Horizon Zero Dawn, launches next week. Now, a new report from so Superdata claims the game, um, which is a, a brand new franchise, may sell millions of copies this year and go on to become a hit on the level or close to Uncharted 4 and Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, in its report, Superdata CEO Juiced... Used? Let's go Used. Van Andrianen cited Horizon Zero Dawn's strong review scores from critics as an element that uh, could help boost sales. Uh, he also mentioned that um, Horizon Zero Dawn may encourage newcomers to buy a PS4 and move away from other consoles. 
I am incredibly excited about this release. Well, it releases on uh, February 28th yeah. in North America and March 1 in Europe. So, uh, Talk to me, Alex. So at E3 in 2015, uh, the one I went to with Al, yeah. um, Sony did a presentation where they, where they showcased um, Uncharted 4, The Last Guardian, and Horizon Zero Dawn. And I remember going from each one and just being blown away by each game for different reasons. I remember for Uncharted 4, it was like, oh my God, the gameplay is so cinematic. Like, because they displayed the bit where he's like being pulled on by the back of a Jeep mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. through this mud. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's incredibly cinematic. And that's the actual gameplay. It's not a cutscene that looks awesome. And then it, we went to the Last Guardian and I, I was just blown away by this incredibly sort of sincere and personal fantasy story, which really... I don't know, at the time just resonated with me. I was like, that's the game I want to play. And mm-hmm. then obviously Horizon Zero Dawn came. And it was like, oh my God, this crazy open world game. Um, and so far, the first two were like my favorite games of last year. So I am okay. so excited okay. to kind of finish that sort of I mean, trifecta of games. And it's looking really strong in terms of like reviews, as this uh, yeah. article says. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited too. I was saying last week that the premise is just silly. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it seems silly to me, but maybe, you know, that's all fantasy worlds, really, if you think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, yeah, it looks beautiful, and it looks like it's going to be my fi- kind of game, survival, fantasy, kind of, you know. Yeah, but one thing I'm interested in is sort of the performance difference between just on the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Sure. Because reviews I've read have talked about how stunning it is on the PS4 Pro, um, and that seems like the console to play it on. But I don't have a PS4 Pro, so sure, sure. I'm, I'm curious to see like how much of how, if that, that affects your yeah. experience or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, bro? Oh, I was just saying. I did the IGN review of it alone says, you know, it says here I found it hard to tear myself away from Horizon even after I'd finished its main campaign some forty odd hours later. Wow, that's awesome. so that's from the review that you know they put in the whole forty hours and they're still dying to go back. That's wow. that's good news. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love games like that. I mean, I think the <laughs> only other game that has really been like that for me was probably Red Dead. Mm-hmm. Where I finished the campaign, I was like, I'm going to stay in this world and yeah. just explore it for as yeah. long as right. right. I was the same way. Yeah. So I, I've, game. I've felt that about it. All the, you know, Fallout 3, Skyrim, yeah. Oblivion, all those, you know, that's that's the kind of my kind of game. So I imagine yeah. I'm going to love this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and resist buying it until I have some time <laughs> up my sleeve because, <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's a fabulous waste of time. Is it, is, is, it it like, is it a waste? Is it a waste, or is it you know? I think I think it goes from being a hobby to a waste of time <laughs> yeah. at a certain hour marker. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, Where that line when is. You hit, that's it. When you hit four and a half, five hours straight, it's like now this is a waste of time. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Halo Wars Two launches today uh, without ranked multiplayer. So. After its limited release last week, Microsoft's RTS sequel, Halo Wars 2, officially launches today uh, for Xbox One and PC. Uh, One element that players will not find in the game is a ranked competitive system. As Microsoft has confirmed, this feature has been delayed and is instead coming shortly after the launch. Um, This system is described as a formal ranked competitive system, not unlike Halo 5's. Uh, and it was intentionally held back from release at launch. The developer 343 Industries explained uh, in a blog spot about all of this as well. Um, So if you want to find more detail, you can check it out uh, there with them. Yeah, I guess uh, the whole whole idea here is that um, 
the to hold back this um this system was to to allow players to like move into this um into the world of the game really and get a feel for it before having to like sounds like a good idea to me struggle for things i guess so i mean one of the reasons it says here is um it believes that a social slash unranked environment will be more uh this is in inverted commas here uh, quotation marks even more in, uh, inviting and less stressful to players. Uh, the lack of a ranked competitive system affords players the time to practice and try out different strategies and tactics. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't know. I don't have much uh, experience in Halo Wars, Halo Wars 2. Yeah. I've Is this something you guys have done much? Not not a lot of. I played a bit of Halo 3. Uh, one of them, I can't remember, on Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... Very limited. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm the same. Sorry, Al. Um, sorry, Al. <laughs> we should have a segment saying called "Sorry, Al," where we just <laughs> yeah. we apologize. Just, we just say "Sorry, Al" at the beginning, and then yeah. read every like just list some dot points about what we're sorry for. Um, all right. So uh, the Metal Gear Solid movie uh, is still happening, and director director sorry Jordan Voigt Roberts is saying all the right things. Uh, so the Metal Gear Solid movie <laughs> is still happening. Uh, director Jordan Voigt-Roberts has said that Metal Gear Solid is probably the most important franchise to me on the planet. Sounds right. Uh, he pra- praised Hideo Kojima's creation, saying it is a genius idiosyncratic work. Uh, he went on to say that he recently has been meeting with Kojima himself and that it's been like a dream. Um, I'm just going to read out what he says here. So... Uh, uh, so that is a property that I will fight tooth and nail to make sure is done properly because it's so easy to screw it up and so and so easy for a studio to try and make it into G.I. Joe or try and make it into Mission Impossible or try to make it into something that it's not, uh, he said. Metal Gear Solid needs to be exactly what it needs to be, which is Metal Gear Solid. Now, Brian, did you notice he listed in those titles too? <laughs> Paramount Pictures. Yeah, I did, I did. Two Paramount titles. Two uh, franchises that yeah. we're very proud of. I wonder what studio he's dealing with to make this film. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, all these all these video game ad- adaptations in the past have worked so well. Let's yeah, see. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, I think that's what most fans are, are saying. You know, we'll see. Who right. would you get to pick? Who would you pick cast to play uh, Solid Snake? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, before Assassin's Creed, I would have said Fastbender. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Um, I don't know. They might get one of the. Uh, I don't know. This is one I haven't played much, so. Yeah, they need someone good who has charisma, right? Because that's the I think one of the main problems with these video adaptations is the main character is the player usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have to create a personality for yeah, the main character. That's true, and they have to inca- like. Um, I mean, that's the problem is because, I mean, just like a book, uh, a video game does exist in your imagination to a large extent as well. Yeah. And the way you choose to play is the way you choose to play. Mm -hmm. Often these days, anyway, there's no hard and fast, you know, sort of railroaded way of experiencing a game. So, And listen, Uncharted. I think Uncharted is one of the exceptions to the rule. That has a very clear storyline and characters, and you're basically playing a movie, it feels like, on those. But um, otherwise, yeah. Got to get creative. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, talking about how games now offer you so much choice and direction to play as you like, which I think is generally what most people enjoy. And then you have a game like Uncharted, which I completely, 100% am with and accept the fact that it's just taking me on a journey. And right. 
making me participate in a in, in action in an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, right, right. Um, and I love it. And it's like it's 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 weird because I feel if any other game or games that do try and do that now and limit your choices become frustrating. And that yeah. seems to yeah, like you said, is the the exception to the rule. See, I've always felt that way about that kind of game where you're like railroaded into like mm-hmm. this is the storyline and this is the story that you will play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I've always moved away from games like that, and that's why I always love these big sandbox games where I can just wander around and do whatever the hell I like, right? Yeah. So I'm still yet to play Uncharted, so I'm, I'm oh. keen to see and have that experience. But I mean, one experience would be again <laughs> Dishonored is a good example of a game where you have to play a certain character and you have certain dialogue that happens. But you do have choice within that and it is a little bit in terms of the style of play you do. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those experiences where I, I kind of was like, wait a second, I'm playing one of those games that I generally don't like, but I really enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it was because I could play stylistically how I wanted to, whether I had control yeah. over the story or not. Um, so Uncharted would be is, sounds interesting to me. Yeah, you'll like that because I think Uncharted. I don't know; it could be wrong. Um, I think they get better each game. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Do you recommend playing through the series? Yes. Yeah i I played from two. I haven't played one all the I, way. You through. can get away with skipping one. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little dated, even in the updated uh, trilogy that they mm-hmm. put out with the remastered graphics. But knowing you don't really need to know anything, you're not missing out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, movie news. Are we ready? Ready. All right. So, uh, we, straight up, we have some pretty exciting photos that have been reveal, uh, revealed in the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so. Yep. Uh, maybe a little longer, but not, not much longer. So, uh, a young Han Solo cast photo has been revealed. So, while pre-shoots for the young Han Solo movie took place a few weeks ago, principal photography on the untitled Star Wars spin-off began yesterday. And to mark the occasion, Lucasfilm has unveiled a full cast photo, including our first look at Elden uh, Ehrenreich's shaggy Han Solo uh, do so. Uh, filmmaker Phil Lord and Chris Miller are directing uh, the incredibly risky Star Wars story, of course. And uh, along for the ride are Donald Glover, which is kind of exciting as Lando Calrissian, and Yunus uh, or Junus. Let's say Yunus uh, Suatamo uh, is uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Whoops. Uh, and uh, who mostly uh, mostly played that role in Force Awakens <laughs> due to Peter Mayhew's <laughs> health problems and has now. Fully taken on the Chewbacca mantle. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Fandy Newton, and Fleabag creator slash star Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, fill out the ensemble as well. Have you guys seen these photo? Yep. It's pretty cool. Pretty Got it up cool. on your phone. You know, this is the first time that I've gone, you know what? Maybe I do want to see this film. Because I, he, he doesn't look bad. He doesn't look bad. Yeah, I have been fiercely against this film from right. the get-go. Like, right. I thought, I've said it many times on this podcast. And just to give you context, Brian, Alex is a huge Star Wars fan. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was very much against this because I felt that that character was too iconic and belonged too much to Harrison Ford that it was like, Star Wars universe could be huge and infinite. Like, create new stories. Um, don't touch that. And then slowly as it's progressed... I've started to become a bit more open to it, especially since the casting of Donald Glover as Lando. Right, I think right. he brings the right sort of charm, mischievous sort of scoundreliness 
to the role. Yeah, um, he, yeah, totally. So I'm totally. really excited about that. I'm still on the fence about the film. I mean, I look at this picture and, and it's cool. And Aiden, how, what's his last name? I, I, Aiden, Aiden, whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's he, it? Yeah, yeah. Elden, Aaron Reichs. Yeah. Aaron uh, Reich. I mean, he, yeah, he looks kind of cool. He's got the, he's got know. the leather jacket on and the slick hair. But then I think it's a young Han Solo film and he is probably about the same age as Harrison Ford was when he filmed the first one. A New Hope. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't feel like a bridge to that, but I don't know. I'll, I'll keep an open mind, but I'm not excited. Okay. I'm also, I, uh, I mean, the picture's okay. It's fun, right? But I think I agree with you where you, you have this whole universe. I think we talked a little bit about this last we week. We did, we did, yeah. And it seems to be that Disney's play is that nostalgia now has to play a part in every yep. film. They're not branching out. Well, I mean, and like we were saying, I think this is this harkens to the whole comic book thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? People want to see their favorite characters. Like, that's how you sell tickets, apparently. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, I see... I can see that in a kind of broader sense, but then you look at this sort of Star Wars community um, and, you know, there's a huge following for the games and and, uh, comics of the Old Republic and, like, all that kind of story, Mm -hmm. which, like, is set thousands of years before the stories that we know. Right, right. And, like, there's a huge... Like, that already has, like, a huge fan base in itself. And something like that would be really cool to explore. Absolutely. See the film where you're seeing something way back, but it still has that feel. It's in that universe. I have a feeling. I have a feeling we probably will be experiencing that at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And I, and I mean, I can understand. Soon there'll be three or four Star Wars films coming out a year or something. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think yeah. I, I suppose Disney maybe is just taking that approach of you know. Playing the safe card to begin with. Sure. Absolutely. I think. I think they're like testing the waters. Yeah. Um, I think that's what happened with, um, well, what was the most recent one called? Rogue, Rogue one. one. Yeah, Rogue One, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. them stepping off slightly off the beaten path. And I think in a way it also gives them sort of what they've done with Marvel is that it, it's at, the, at this point in time, it's giving them a thread in the cinematic universe that is connecting all these stories along the line of the original canon. Absolutely, yeah. You know, because it's still just branching off that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I always beg the, the question, do we need a young Han Solo movie? Because exactly. I thought I saw that, and it was Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you're going to yeah. go young, yeah. go teenager or something, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're the same I, age. I'd yeah. agree. I, I, I kind of agree. I, I don't know that we need one. <laughs> but you um, kind of want one but now? But for this, this is the first time that I'm... I see like seeing this image makes me go, all right, maybe I'd go see it. Maybe, maybe I'm willing to see it. You know, I'd like, at first I was like, no, no, just don't. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what story they tell as well. So to kind of, yeah, to just amplify my Star Wars nerdiness, I suppose. <laughs> uh, there was a series, the Han, the Han Solo trilogy, which were a series of books or three books. Um, in the expanded universe, which is no longer canon. Um, I think I read one or two of them. And that was cool because it talked about his background in the Imperial Navy and how he, uh, Chewbacca was a slave, which he freed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they became few fugitives um, and then obviously became like... Um, smugglers. Smugglers. Or... Right. Um, and how he won 
the Millennium Falcon off Lando Calrissian, and that was cool because there's all this interesting backstory. And That's yeah, cool. he was young, and um, and it'll be interesting to see what story they play if they play it to that point where he meets Chewbacca and their connection and hit the life dead and getting right. the Millennium Falcon. I don't know. Because I mean, and that's a lot of content as well, though. Like, yeah. if they just try and jam all that into the one movie as well, yeah. is that going to be a problem? Or is this going to be like a series of films? I mean, it depends on... Because, I mean, from the picture, it looks like they're sitting in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I mean, and mm-hmm. one of the little quotes on it says, you know, how many how many casts can you fit in the Millennium Falcon's right. cockpit? <laughs> so, so it almost feels like, you know, I don't know, maybe in the way that Rogue One sets up into A New Hope, Maybe this plays into that point as well, like where we see them arrive at For the sure. cantina. For sure, yeah. Which I would not like, because then it's, it's that like would be incredibly jarring. Immediately and, tied to yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so onto our next photo that was revealed, which is the Alien Covenant uh, cast photo reveals James Franco as being part of the ensemble. So on the heels of. Uh, Shane Black revealing the cast of his sci-fi franchise sequel yesterday in the form of the Predator ensemble photo. 20th Century Fox is giving Alien Covenant uh, the chance to shine today with a cast photo of its own. Uh, The Alien Covenant image also confirms that, yes, James Franco is in the movie alongside Catherine Waterston, Amy Amy Simitz, uh, Damien Bitcher, uh, Danny McBride, Jesse Smollett, Carmen Iogo, oh my god, and Billy Crudup. Uh, people just getting stranger names. It's getting harder and harder to read these. And of course, Michael Fassbender. Um, so he, uh, Fassbender reprises his role as David in the film. Uh, but he's also playing a new android, presumably aboard the Covenant ship as well. Okay, so... Is this linked to Prometheus? The- this is... The sequel to Prometheus. This is officially the sequel to Prometheus. They okay. just don't want to call it Prometheus because Prometheus got a lot of bad yeah. vibes. But I Pr- liked Prometheus it. was the not quite prequel. Not quite prequel. Of Alien, right? But it was. But it was. Yeah. Um, so they're following that up with this Alien movie, which is also going to be directed by Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. who directed the original Alien. Um, and from the trailer, I don't know if you guys have seen the actual teaser trailer for this yet. Not yet, no. I think I have, yeah. It, I, I was kind of on board. Now I'm 100% on board. It looks like a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, it looks good. And it looks like the original. Well, they say, yeah. And, and they're saying that, you know, this is uh, not necessarily following the same feel of, of Prometheus, but going back to being an alien film. Right, you know, it's right. A, it's an alien movie. It's yeah. A, well, the inclusion of Fassbender, that means there is a connection because that character's in it again. Totally. But... From the look of the trailer, it looks like the original. So I'm that, excited. That's really exciting, exciting times. Yeah, I went back and watched the first, the, the original, I don't know, a few months ago, and it, it still holds. It's mm-hmm. a fucking cool film. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I've, I've really got to go cool. back and watch it again. Maybe yeah. we should do a little, watch all of them. Alien, uh, that's a good one. That could do be like good, a little huh? alien. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so also the third photo here, which I, I touched on just a moment ago, uh, the Predator cast has been revealed in a first image so uh filming on the predator the highly anticipated fourth film in the predator franchise if you include the two alien vs predator movies is getting underway today and to mark the occasion writer slash director shane black has unveiled the first look at the cast um so boyd holbrook leads the ensemble as a soldier of some sort and he's joined by moonlight breakout uh trevante rhodes olivia munn keegan michael key Sterling K. Brown, and the adorable slash wildly talented young room performer Jacob Tremblay. Uh, the Predator cast 
image that Black shared on Twitter notes that this is only a partial cast photo, so there's uh, still more to come. Can I have a look is, at is that one, called, Is it called Predator? What's it called? I, I think it's... it's I don't uh, know. In, in, adver- in advertence, the, the Predator. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Because um, uh, I'm, I'm basically all in on anything Shane Black does. I yeah, love him. Totally. Yeah. Um, and he was in the first one. Uh, he was an actor. He was in the original. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if he helped do any writing with it while he was there, but he uh, definitely has a love for the film. He, must, he was around yeah. for the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the cast. I think everybody looks great. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm ready for this one. You know, like all these reboots, reboots that are happening. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm. I'm pretty. Pretty into. I'm pretty yeah. Excited. About. I'm down. Um, great, we're in <laughs> consensus. All right, so Moonlight Arrival and Atlanta win big at the D- WGA Awards as well. Um, so we're less than a week away from the Oscars ceremony, of course, but one more precursor awards show was held on Sunday night where the Writers Guild of America celebrated the best guild-approved writing for film and television uh, of 2016. And, of course, this year's most formidable Oscar trio, La La Land, Moonlight, and Manchester by the Sea were all in contention. Uh, Moonlight's Barry Jenkins took home the Best Original Screenplay Award, while Arrival scribe Eric Heisserow uh, won the Adapted category. Uh, meanwhile, Command and Control won the Documentary Screenplay Award. And in the television categories, Atlanta reigned supreme by winning both Best Comedy Series and Best New Series, while the Americans won the Best Drama Series. I need to see Atlanta. Yeah, I, I need to see Atlanta either too. Either of those series, Atlanta or the, the Americans. Americans. No, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen either of those. Uh, but people are just raving about really? uh, Atlanta. I, I need just, to. I've got to see that so bad. Yeah. Um, this is a kind of an interesting bit of news about Moonlight winning because um, Moonlight was loosely based on a play. Yeah, uh, yeah, I heard yeah. about this. So yeah, um, the WGA categorized it as an original screenplay. They didn't think there was enough content in there to make an adapt adapt it. So it won. Best Original Screenplay at the WGA Awards, but it will be up for Best Adapted Screenplay at the uh-huh. Oscars. So it'll be in competition with um, Arrival. Yes, yes. So direct competition. A with direct Arrival. competition. Um, best Adapted Screenplay this year. If you give me a minute, I had it up. I think Moonlight's in the, got it in the bag. Oh, for best for best original. For best, if it's nominated for best adapted screenplay at the Oscars, right? It's up against right. it's Arrival, Lion, Hidden Figures, Moonlight, and Fences. Well, Arrival, Hidden Figures, Moonlight, Lion, and Fences for best adapted screenplay. Yeah, I think you. I think yeah, I think you're probably right. Best original is uh, La La Land, Hell or High Water, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, and Twentieth Century Women. The Lobster. Yeah. I need to see The Lobster. That came out like three years ago. It or came out this year, yeah. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. Here it did. Maybe here it did. It didn't in Australia. Mm-mm. It came out like two or three years yeah, ago in Australia. Two years ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. So It's interesting that that's in, I can total, in there. Yeah, I, I can mean, totally that's see you know, you know, what's going to happen is Moonlight's going to win Best Adapted. I don't know what will win Best Original. I'm betting it's going to be Manchester and Manchester. I mean, watching it again last night just made me go, yeah. this is an excellent screenplay. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic screenplay. And I don't see La La Land winning screenplay. That was the one part about La La Land I didn't think no, it's not. excelled as much. No, I don't think so I either. don't even think it'll win Best Picture. I really? hope it doesn't. Yeah, I, I, again, I, want, I, I see Moonlight. That's my choice for Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. I think, I think Moonlight should win, mm-hmm. but it probably won't. 
whether it does or not, I don't know. For me, it's the standout film of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. John could be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting night, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, there's going to be a lot of... There's always surprises. There's a lot of strong films this year, you know? This like, year was so weird. Like, I always go to people who talk about the Oscars, and I say, what was your favorite film that came out before November this year? Agree, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, because like 30 great films came out after November. That's true. Totally agree. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I felt so happy with how the year finished because I remember getting through the year thinking, there's nothing that has blown me away. Yeah. There was a bunch of superhero films yeah. and then November happened. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then we got, you know, Hacksaw Ridge is great. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, you know, Arrival um, and all these others, you know, that are nominated. La La Land, Moonlight. Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. Well, Hell or High Water was actually one that came out in the summer. Oh, that I, I oh that's true, actually. It so that one stood out to me. I think um, um, the one the one with the kid, the sci-fi movie with the kid. <laughs> the sci-fi. Sitting over here. Hold on. Midnight Special? Midnight Special. That was another one that stood out to me. That was awesome. Yeah, right. one that doesn't get mentioned much that I really enjoyed was Loving. Yeah, I, I'm still yet to see that. I remember you talking about yeah, it when it came just out. Just a really beautiful, sincere film. Yeah, with some great performances. Joel Edgerton's uh, he's great, amazing. In that yeah, movie. yeah, definitely cool. But you know, this writing thing could turn out to be interesting uh, on Oscar night. Yeah, if 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 Moonlight wins, it'll be the f- one of the first ever movies to win best original screenplay, screenplay. at the WGAs, mm-hmm. and then best adapted in the same year. Right. That's so right. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Hellboy 3, Guillermo del Toro announces that it is 100% not happening. Uh, so the sequel will not happen for those who are fans of oh, Hellboy. Guillermo, man. Um, there was a bit of tension around this. He uh, put it out there on Twitter uh, to gauge interest for the third, fi- third film um, to begin. Pardon me. Uh, to see if you know if people were, were keen after reaching 100,000 votes on Twitter, Del Toro agreed to arrange for a sit down with the star Ron Perlman and comic book creator Mike Mingola uh, to discuss a potential Hellboy three. But it would seem that the meeting didn't go so well. With Del Toro tweeting today, Hellboy three, sorry to report, uh, spoke with all parties. Must report that 100% the sequel will not happen, and that is to be the final thing about it. Uh, so people have been wanting this for a little while. And um, talk about it, of course, since the most recent one, which was back uh, in 2008, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, which was quite an uh, impressive film. Maybe not everyone's taste, but still a very colorful, so interesting much. film. Um, I really loved the first And it's got a huge yeah. fan base, you know. A lot of people love this comic book and, and I mean, mm-hmm. this, this character. So, yeah, bit of a shame. I think it's great. I mean, I love the Hellboy movies. I love all the characters. They're so cool and original, like all of Guillermo's movies, but... Did he really put it to Twitter? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I love... I kind <laughs> to of make up the, the mind. <laughs> I love the sort of very modern context of that. Of just well, like, I guess maybe the, it's around another conversation that he was having with people where maybe they were like, people don't want it. And he's like, no, I'll yeah. prove it. They do want it. Yeah. See, if I get 100,000 things, let's talk about it. And maybe he got 100,000 things and then mm. we talked about it and then the it didn't happen. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. interesting. But I would have liked to have seen it. Um, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Maybe sometime down the line. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I always say never say never. But I would always, if I had a choice, would choose to see an original Guillermo del Toro movie over a third sequel. Yeah. What for was sure. his last for film? It was the Haunted House one, right? That's right, yeah. Um, uh, I forgot what it's called. With, um, with Loki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Crimson, was good, Crimson, Crimson Peak. 
Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. That's it. Yeah, that was, uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't Loki. I think the script had problems, but the look was amazing. Of course, and that's his. Yeah. That's his strong suit, right? All right. So, so final piece of news here, and this one directly concerns me and Brian both being Paramount employees. Uh, Paramount's Brad Gray will be replaced by interim committee. Um, so Brad Does that Gray, you, you guys, <laughs> yeah, we're we're in that. We are now in the committee. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah we're part so. of the committee. And I am greenlighting yeah. Cowboy Three. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you haven't uh, been up to speed on this one, Brad Gray is recently uh, rumored to be stepping down. Uh, those rumors are slowly solidifying into fact. Um, but Viacom has set an interim committee of internal c- executives to run Paramount Pictures until a successor can be found for outgoing studio chief Gr- Brad Gray. Uh, on his watch, Paramount succeeded with the tentpole franchises, including Transformers, Star Trek, and Mission Impossible, but suffered costly misses um, uh, with a string of flops, including Ben-Hur, Allied Zoolander 2, Monster Trucks, and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Uh, Paramount's film output has shrunk dramatically in the past five years, and the studio posted a loss of $180 million during the most recent fiscal quarter. Um, that's just a quarter. Fiscal quarter. $180 million. Well, I wish you both luck. Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, in your new positions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can I just... I've got a few pictures that I'd like to bring to you yeah great point. let's hear them yeah yeah anytime oh you want to, should I do it now oh it's up to you yeah, if you got them I'll just grab my laptop okay great <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I was reading these to you earlier yes please um, I always thought this was this was interesting um, the studio rankings last year in terms of how much money each studio made um, I pulled up the list um, Disney's really blowing everybody away as as, no as, as, as could be seen um, for instance um, the total gross of what second place was Warner Brothers? Um, they had one point nine billion dollars. Uh, Disney had over three billion dollars, so they almost doubled. Yeah, second place. But Warner yeah. Brothers had made uh, how many? Twenty five films. Twenty five films. And I think Disney, um, had, Disney like, had like sixteen or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's what happens when you have Marvel and Pixar and and know, Star, Star Wars, Wars <laughs> yeah. and uh, you're making remaking yeah. all of your cartoons into movies and uh-huh. uh, and uh, they also have what um, they've got Indiana Jones yeah, too. That, I'm waiting for them to bust that one out well yeah they're going to do another one with Spielberg and, and Harrison Ford I don't, yeah well Harrison yeah. Ford yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. hope it's a, a thinker and not an action film <laughs> right Jesus. right I don't need to see Harrison running around like he's an action hero. Well, anymore. they need to do what they did with Force Awakens. They need to hand off the reins to a new character. Because the rumor was they've tried several, that like three times though. Because one rumor was that Chris Pratt was going to come in. Yeah, makes sense. Perfect, perfect character for that role. Mm-hmm. Like, Just give us a new character. Better choice than what's his name. But then the thing is, is that those films are Indiana Jones. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. if you hand it over, does it become a new? franchise i mean it can't do you know what i mean yeah mm. yeah it could become a spin-off franchise or something i don't know you were talking earlier about like han solo like that is an iconic character yeah. with harrison ford in the role i think indiana jones is more so yeah absolutely more so and it'd be really tough for me to accept another actor in that role yeah i, I now, would never envision it that way at all it would be weird yeah see that's funny i feel like He's like a James Bond character. I'd be fine with someone. Oh, else. That's what they've been trying to spin I'd it be, off. I'd as. be yeah. happy. To, I'd be fine with someone else being Indiana Jones. Like for me, he's less. I mean, yes, he's like. I mean, Harrison Ford is such a great person himself. Just right. like he, <laughs> it's like John a Wayne character. You know, you he, know? He, he Harrison Ford is are these characters? Yeah. You know, 
I mean, he plays Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> and you just stick a different name on him. So, yeah. in truth, we're in love with Harrison Ford. Right, right. That's true. Right? And so, I don't know. I, I, th- I feel like... I feel like, yeah, you, you can switch out the character. Well, I mean, the actor, potentially. And, be, and it would be like James Bond, where people are like, oh, no, I love, you know, Sean Connery. Oh, no, no, I love that. Fight. That's, that's you know, what I think they're trying to go you know. for. It's just when these rumors, quote unquote, about Chris Pratt came out, mm. I think that was maybe done on purpose to but see what the people what would think. Absolutely. But and think people about went nuts. Like, like, they were not happy. Oh, um, see, I think the, some people weren't. Some people were. See, I mean, the interesting. Was, that's so interesting because the thing for me about you know Chris Pratt is he's he's Chris Pratt. He's he's similar to Harrison Ford. He's charming, right. and you know uh, affable and handsome and you know all these things. He's got all that quirk and charm that Harrison Ford brings to screen as but well. But he's too nice. But mm-hmm. he but he doesn't. I mean he plays he he is he is Chris Pratt. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He has that same quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, where you either so like Chris Pratt or you don't like Chris yeah, Pratt because so you, your character doesn't change. So it's a good fit. Yeah, to, for that type of character. I would role. not mind Chris Pratt coming in and like taking the reins and becoming another character and it turning into yeah. back from Indiana Jones back into like Raiders of whatever. Yeah, um, I I would be down with that, but maybe that's just me, too tied to my past. And the thing is, though, if they do move it on with characters. And sort of, I guess, what they did with the Crystal Skull was that the timeline shifted. Yeah. And it was, what, set in the 50s during the Cold War. Mm. And that, as well, lost took away some of its charm of being during World War Two and having, like, Nazi Germany as the enemy. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I hope they don't kind of shift it in that sense where it becomes, like, in a James Bond thing where the characters replace and it becomes, like, a contemporary setting then from that point. Or, sure, or it, or I understand. At least moves on. Right. So you want it to be... Still back in... To be honest, I'd be happy with no more Indiana Jones films. <laughs> 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 we're, we're good uh, with what we've got, except uh, okay. the last one. Okay. Which I only watched maybe three quarters of. Yeah, let's not talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a bit, enough bad news about Paramount today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to dwell on its shorts, shortcomings. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Chris Pratt... Oh, uh, yeah. So, this is a segment that I haven't introduced in a long time. So, let me tell you, let me start with a story. Uh, I was in the shower today, and uh, while I was soaping my body, and the soap suds were... Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, was, I was using a body lotion, body uh-huh. soap, uh-huh. and uh, it was just like washing down my body in... <laughs> okay, yeah, that's enough. Down my chest. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Down my back. And Correct. Like, is this oh. like an Australian thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I was thinking, God, I'd love it. You know, I, I, I wish I could buy a more expensive body soap. Right. So I opened the bathroom window because um, there's a window in my bathroom. Yeah. And what did you shout out? I shouted out, like I, at the top of my voice, I just shouted out, Chris Pratt, can you give me some money? Can you give me some money? <laughs> and that means it's time for this week's movie releases. Oh, I've missed that so much. It's been Alex. a while since we've announced that. So coming out this week, uh, this Friday, the 24th, uh, first up, we've got... Oh, shit. Sorry. Excuse me. That was my watch. Uh, we've got Get Out, uh, which is written and... Is it written or is it just directed by Jordan Peele? I do believe it was... It's it's his creation. Yeah. So... Jordan Peele of... Let's credit him as the writer as well. Jordan Peele of... Key and Peele? Yeah. But this isn't a comedy. It's uh, it's about a young African-American man 
um, who visits his Caucasian girlfriend's mysterious family estate. Uh, it says here that Peel uses a story about an interracial couple's visit to a creepily family estate to showcase his sharp insight about contemporary conceptions and assumptions about race. So it's a bit of a thriller, this one, I do yeah. believe. Yeah, it's like, a lot of tension in there. Yeah, it stars um, Daniel Kaluuya, Alison Williams, Bradley Whitford, and Catherine Keener. Yeah, the trailer looks unsettling, to say the least. Yeah, I'm, I've seen the billboards around for this one. The trailer looks good. It's like an interesting spin on those old thrillers. Right. Um, it's kind of like a scary guess who's coming to dinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, yeah, I've seen the billboards around and I keep getting shocked by them because it's like, it asks a question and then it just says, get out. And it's not clearly, <laughs> but it's like, it's not clearly about a film. I don't know, you know, and I'm like, what is this thing? And I realized it's, it's a film billboard, but yeah. it, it felt like it was like purposely stoking racial tension. Yeah. <laughs> like, communal you know community racial tension like these billboards that ask i can't remember the questions that ask but it's like you'll say have a statement and then it'll say get out mm-hmm. or something like that anyway yeah and i mean the trailer aside from the sort of thriller parts of it there are moments where it, it really emphasizes that point like this like i think there's one shot of a group of white people like turning around and looking and there's a black guy right right <laughs> it's just like you know what i mean it's right. just but, but it doesn't feel like deliberate or forced or anything. It's okay. interesting. I mean, because I, I didn't associate that with it. And now reading this, like thinking of that undertone. Yeah. Makes me even more interested to see it. Yeah. I'm getting to see it for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it looks cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm in. Cool. Also coming out is Collide, an action thriller about an American backpacker that gets involved with a ring of drug smugglers as their driver. Though he winds up on the run from his employers across Cologne high speed, across the Cologne high speed autobahn. It's directed by Erin Creevy, stars Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, Anthony Hopkins, and Ben Kingsley. Jeez. Ben Kingsley. How That's, have I not heard about this movie before that today? That is a pretty decent cast, isn't I've, it? I've not heard of this film at all. Neither right? None. Why? Yeah, interesting. Is it like just small budget, no money for distribution or whatever, or publicity? Like what? I mean, I, I, I literally have not heard about this, but when you have the star of Rogue One... Yep. In your yeah. film? Why have I not heard about this? Well, like, no, but when you have freaking Anthony Hopkins in your film. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, I haven't seen a trailer. Um, the marketing people really for this film really need to step it up, I think. So if anyone <laughs> out there has seen a trailer to Collide, um, please feel free to forward it or forward your opinions to us. Please, yeah. And uh, I mean, we could obviously just go online and watch the trailer, but we'd also appreciate your comments. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> About the trailer, not Abs- the film. Yeah, not the film. Not interested in <laughs> that. <laughs> Tell us about the trailer so that we could form an opinion based on your opinion about whether we should see the film. <laughs> Finally, uh, Rock Dog, which is an animation comedy. Um, when a radio falls from the sky into the hands of a wide-eyed Tibetan mastiff. Um, that's a dog, um, I think. Yes, it is. <laughs> he leaves home to fulfill his dream of becoming a musician. I'm setting into motion a series of completely unexpected events. Um, Wait a second. The dog becomes a musician? Yeah. It's an animation. Oh. I'm directed by Ash Brannan, starring the voices of Luke Wilson, Eddie Izzard, J.K. Simmons, and Lewis Black. And this just reminded me, I um, used to work part-time at this Aussie um, 
meat pie shop here in LA, Bronze Dozzy. Go check it out. Delicious. Um, and I worked with a guy or a guy I worked there part-time. Shit, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. He probably won't listen to this anyway. But he, he was a musician and uh, he wrote the main song for that film. Did he now? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's awesome. And I remember he was telling me about it. He's like, yeah, it's called Rock God. I was like, yeah, all right. Okay. There it is. There it is. Um, um, sorry. If another film I have not heard anything about. No. Yeah. And this weekend's uh, usually really light on releases because yeah. of the Oscars. And, but it's, and it's obviously being released not in school holidays. Holidays. Yep. So it's not it's not when they're backing in terms of the kids' audience. That's no, for sure. no, no, no. So um, best of luck. So, guys, uh, those are the three releases for this Friday. Anything yeah. uh, you'd rush out to see? Ooh. Get out, yeah, get yeah, out. Probably get out. Yep. I agree. I would, I would see definitely get out just because of the cast. I really like Allison Williams. I watch Girls, mm-hmm. so I think she's great on that. Um, and the the main actor, I, I can't think of his name, but he was fantastic on a show called Black Mirror. Right. On, oh yeah, Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah he was on the the, Daniel the, the, the bicycle episode. If you guys right. saw that, uh, which is one of my favorites. Okay. I think he's really good. Cool. Cool. Great. Um, moving on, we're going to go to game releases for this Tuesday, February. 21st probably when you're listening to this you can stop listening and go out and get any of these games absolutely not that i know any of them sorry al <laughs> yeah this list is a uh, pretty and i don't have li- uh, al's authority to say whether it is a real game yep. or not a real game yeah and i still don't understand how he works that out i think it's just based on feeling Okay, well, I'm just going to go with that. Okay, I'll okay. tell you if it's a okay, real game so, or not. Uh, and then feel free to quote. I mean, feel free to, to write in with your responses as to whether I'm right or wrong. Yeah, Here brilliant. So uh, Halo Wars 2 on PS, uh, PS, PC and Xbox One. No, not a game. Not a game. <laughs> no, 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 it is a real game. That's definitely <laughs> a real game. Uh, Berserk and the Band of the Hawk, PS4. Def- yep, real game. Chime Sharp on PS4. Oh, no, 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 not a real game. game. It's definitely not a game. game. Night in the Woods on oh. PS4. Oh, yeah. Definitely a game. Um, on PSVR, Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin. Yep, that's game. a game. Sounds fun. PS4, Warhammer Quest. Yeah. Yep. On PS4 as well, YS or Y's Origin. Nah. Nah, it's definitely not. PS4 as well, Clouds and Sheep 2. That's nah. the second one though, so there had to be a first. Yeah, no, it is a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, Malicious Fallen? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Um, another one on PSVR, Mervels, a VR adventure. Oh, yeah. Sure. For Classic. That. Okay. Uh, Typo Man. Oh, yep. Yeah. Love Typo Man. Uh, vaccine. No, that's just a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people would uh, believe in that game, some, some not. Ooh. Co- mm. Controversial. <laughs> Topical. Yeah. Some people would rather play anti vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out on Thursday, February 23rd. Deus Ex Mankind Divided, a criminal past DLC. Yeah, that's, that's downloadable content. Some insider uh, game is down DLC. Also so. on PS4, ACA Neo Geo Neo Turf Masters. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Finally coming out on Friday, February 24th, Hollow Knight, Beneath and Beyond on PC. Sure. sure. Great. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Warhammer 40K, Death Watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And finally, a pixel story. Yeah, why yeah. not? Great game. Yeah, Great, wonderful. Sure. So there are the games you can go and purchase when you're listening to this podcast. And that, Adrian, is this week's movie and game releases. Ah, oh, thank you, Alex. It's what good a, to be back. What a treat. What a bloody treat that was. 
Um, so uh, let's move straight to the box office. Uh, we had some predictions last week. Uh, what would you like to do first, Brian? Would well, you like to well, new releases this week. We had some predictions about where they would fall. We had we Matt, Matt Damon's The Great Wall. Um, we had Fist Fight with Ice Cube and uh, Charlie Day. Yep. And then A Cure for Wellness, which was... Um, that weird one the, with... Um, uh, the director of yeah. the Pirates movies. Oh. Anybody? Anybody? Anyone? What's his name? What? Who? The director of the Pirates movies. Jerry Bruckheimer? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, put us out of our yeah, misery. Yeah, yeah, I'm us, sorry. Let us know how it rolled. Someone, someone... I'm uh, looking it up. I'm me. looking it up. So, um, number one, as we all predicted, um, was uh, the Lego Batman movie again in its second week. Uh, made about $32 million more dollars. Um, at a you know a budget of around eighty, so it's already surpassed its budgets in in the black. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, we didn't pick that. No, we did not. That's surprising to me. That um, a movie that was you know the sequel to a movie that was very very panned. Yeah, uh, came in number two. I think it's still probably riding off the back of the books, huh? I guess so. It's because it's in uh, second week as well, and it's still at number two. Uh, Matt Damon's The Great Wall came in at number three, which is not a good sign for the $150 million budgeted film. Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski, yeah. It, uh, came you, in at 18 wait, what million. Wait, what was number three? Great Wall. Oh, how'd it go? $18 million. Oh. And it was a $150 million budget. But the right? problem is it's already made over $200 million overseas. Yeah, so yeah, it's going to kill in, in yeah. China. That's the, the point of the film, yep. right? Yeah. We, we discussed that. Number four, John Wick, Chapter 2. Go see that movie. It's great. You saw it? No. <laughs> but go see it. <laughs> I've heard nothing but great things, though. Okay, um, okay. I'm, I'm all behind the John Wick movies. Uh, number five, Fist Fight, uh, came in uh, with about $12 million. Number six, Hidden Figures. Uh, number seven, Split. Uh, number eight, A Dog's Purpose. Number nine, La La Land. And, and coming in at number 10, mm-hmm. A Cure for Wellness mm. uh, at $4 million. Um, by, yeah, directed by Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we predicted Cure for Wellness was barely going to crack the top 10, yeah. if, oh, if at all. Uh, the reviews weren't very good, but it looked kind of interesting. We've all said we kind of wanted to see it. I mean, I just want to see it for the visuals. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but wh- how, did, how did you and I voted the same way? Yes. We said, well, what did we say? We said... We said Fist Fight was going to come in at like two. Yeah. Yeah, we put Fist Fight up a lot That's higher true. than what, yeah. it, what it kind of came in at. Um, a lot of people didn't go see that. Um, and The Great Wall, uh, I think we, we thought Matt Damon was going to be able to carry that. Yeah, and bring it to three, didn't we? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it came in at three. So. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What came in second then? Um, Fifty Shades Darker. Okay, that was the That, that was, was the, the surprise, surprise was yeah. Fifty Shades Darker. Still holding one of the top two spots. How long yeah. has that been out for now? That's like the second weeks? week. Second this week? is the second week. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, we talked about this last time. I mean, people are following brands rather than actors, unfortunately, these mm-hmm. days. So if you liked... The books, Fifty Shades of whatever, uh, you're going to go see the movie. If you like Lego, the Lego movie, you're going to go see the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they're not going to you know, follow Matt Damon as much if he wants to go fight dragons. It kind of has to be a brand there, I yeah. guess, these days. So. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. And so what do we what do we got for what we're going to talk about next week? What we think is going to happen next yeah, week? Yeah, for this yeah, week. Sure. Um, so just to recount, we've got Get Out, Collide, and Rock Dog coming out this week. Okay. Well, I don't think any of them are really gonna um, factor. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put in get out probably your uh, 
six or eight. eight really? Six, I, maybe? I might give it a four spot. Yeah. Four I was going to say the top three will hold, and Get Out will get to four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, With The Rock Dog? I don't know. Kids movies? Yeah, we have no interest. Kids, kids movies in February? Yeah, that's true. Everybody's just going back to school. You that's know, true. It's not holidays. You're not going to get a whole bunch of kids at the movies. I mean, maybe you will, but... You got Lego Batman sitting up top. Exactly, though. yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go see a movie like that's aimed at kids and adults, then it's going to be Lego Batman. Right, sure. right. And then Collide, that's not cracking the top ten. I have no idea what that film is. No, no clue. No idea. Although it's got a bunch of great people in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird. Plus, if you love movies, you're going to stay and watch the Oscars this weekend, right? That's all right. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, do we have a... So let's, uh, just before we wrap up, um, talk to me, Alex, uh, who, what's your, what's your, what, what are the main three? What are we doing? We've got best, best, best uh, screenplay. Yeah. Best film. Mm-hmm. Best actor. And best actress. Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, best film. I'm going to go Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Best screenplay, I'm going to go Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> best, I don't know who's in the best actor category. It's Denzel, really, isn't it? I mean, Probably. my best supporting actor yeah. would be Mahershala Ali. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with one. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, best actress, who's in that? Emma Stone, Amy Adams. Amy Adams is not. She's not? She's, She's not. No. That's right. That was a big snub this year that a lot of people are talking about. Um, Meryl Streep was nominated of instead of Amy Adams. That's so weird. I don't want to say instead. It's not like they switched them out. But a lot of people thought maybe Amy Adams should have had that spot. Yeah. Yeah, I see, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I mean, it's funny how much the acting side of things hasn't registered this year. Like, a lot of, lot, I mean, in previous years for me, there's been a lot more tension around that as opposed to best film. Is or Naomi Harris nominated for best supporting? I think so. Moonlight? She was, but she'd be she my was pick. very good. Very but good. What about Viola Davis? She's Viola Davis is also, and she is for, for, for fences. fences. You've got to see she that. It's so nominated good. For best supporting. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. it's yeah, another upset. Best supporting. Should have been for lead. I'll spoil this for you right now. Viola Davis is about the surest lock for the Absolutely. win. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. She he's channels humanity. Home. That's like a masterclass in acting. She makes yeah, Denzel well. Washington look like he's just started out. Yeah. You wow. know what I mean? She's out of yeah. control. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's a lock. Uh, okay, and best actress, and I can't think of who else is in there. Yeah. Uh, so best actress, you have um, Emma Stone, Isabel Hoopert. Hoopert, is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? She's from L- Ellie L. Okay. Uh, Ruth Nega, Meryl Streep, and Natalie Portman. Ooh, Natalie. I'd love to see Ruth Nega win for loving. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just. Incredibly understated and beautiful in that film. Like, just so sincere. But she probably won't. So, I, I mean, I, mean, I feel like Emma Stone's going to walk away with that. Yeah, I feel like she probably will. Yeah. And Stone's there's elements that it. I would say from that film, absolutely, for sure. There I think some either beautiful moments, but it doesn't they like... They don't deserve best acting, though. Like, yeah, no, there's nothing like mind-blowing. Nope. Sort of, uh, Not, I think yeah. Viola Davis should win both. I think, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> yeah, so how about you guys for like best film and Brian? Uh, best film, I, um, this is going to be an argument for another time, but I still think it should go to La La Land. Okay. Um, I fine. think, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a behind the camera guy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's okay. I think the level of difficulty and direction and not making a movie like that cheesy 
yeah is amazing and i think the editing's great i i think you i have a really hard time accepting a movie as best picture if it doesn't win best editing or if it doesn't win best or i'm sorry if it doesn't win best screenplay or if it doesn't win best director right it's kind of hard to have a best movie if the screenplay doesn't win <laughs> yeah. and the director doesn't win yeah one of the two sure, okay, sure, sure. you can get by with so i think best director is going to go to damien um, oh, yeah, well, it's a close that. second to Barry Jenkins. Though. Yeah, it's a very close second. Very close second. I'm not putting Moonlight down at all. His yeah, his is cool. yeah, and I, I think Moonlight's a tremendous film. It's very close this year. Um, mm. I think best screenplay is going to go to Moonlight for original and mm-hmm. Manchester for adapted. I think so too. Um, I think Casey might go home with it. Although I wouldn't be mad if Denzel did after seeing Fences a second time, seeing how he carried that whole movie. He's okay. in every scene. Yeah, um, and it's basically sit the camera down and act, act. for yeah. us, yeah. you know, the whole movie and he carries it. So I wouldn't be mad if Denzel won. I wouldn't be mad if Denzel won. No. And, and I think Casey could seeing it second time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I, I wrote off in the first time I saw it, where I was like, he's just phoning this in. But then watching the second time, knowing yeah. the story, I'm like, there's subtlety in there that I missed the first yeah. time around. Regardless of what you think about the latest scandal uh, with yeah, him, yeah. that aside, Manchester deserves a second viewing. If yeah. take that away from you this time, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I think what I want to win, I want Moonlight to win. Yeah, I fear La La Land will take it anyway. Right, um, take best picture. Yeah, uh, I think Viola Davis will win best supporting. I think. Oh, best actor would probably be. I think I'll probably go Denzel. Yeah, I think I might give it to him. Really? Yep. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, I, oh, I'm on the fence there. It. I'm uh, on the fence there as well. But you know, I'm, I'm thinking also the politics of this thing as well. Right. Um, right. best act- actress for. <laughs> it's, I don't know. No, no one's. Uh, I haven't seen Ruth Nega. Um, but yeah, look, it'll probably go Emma Stone. Yeah. Cool. Best supporting actress. Oh, we said we won. Viola, yeah. That's too bad, because there are actor. a lot of great... Hmm? Best, best Supporting Actress, uh, Naomi Harris, oh, Michelle actor. Williams, Viola Davis, Octavia I don't even Spencer. know who's up for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Michael Shannon. For Loving? For Loving. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's great, but that... Mahershala Ali, Jeff Bridges, and Hell or High Water. Um, oh, no, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Dev Patel. For sure. And uh, Lucas Hedges, the kid. From uh, Manchester. Is oh, he's really good. Really, he's like the new yeah, Matt Damon. Amazing. Maybe I'll give it to him. He's excellent. He's so good in that. I'll be happy with either of those guys, yeah. either Manchester or Moonlight. I'll be happy for either of those it's really guys. Really strong to take category home. that one. It is a really categories. Always is, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, we should wrap this up. We've been talking uh, too long, um, or maybe just long enough. Mm. <laughs> um, do I usually say something to finish this up, Alex? I'm. Uh, yeah, we feel, can feel just, free. Feel free to you yeah. Know. Just so just to wrap. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at We Are Tessellate. You can also jump on YouTube, type in We Are Tessellate, and you will find our page, uh, videos as to what the production company is doing and what we're up to, and some of Al's work, uh, as well as videos of some of the podcasts we've recorded. Um, subscribe, leave comments. We appreciate all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Um, yeah, again, type in We Are Tessellate. Geeks will come up subscribe leave comments shoot us a message by any of those means um, mm-hmm. about stuff you want us to talk about or things that you like or don't like or you know whatever we'd be happy to hear from you um you can also reach us on our personal uh, social medias um you can catch <laughs> me on twitter and instagram at alexander chard 
Adrian? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Adrian underscore A6. Uh, and my game oh. tag. What? Go ahead. And my game tag, if you want, six them. Um, come beat me at... at Spell that. Oh, S-I-X-U-M. <laughs> S-I-X-U-M. And you know, feel free to beat me on uh, Rocket League anytime. He's yeah. a veteran. Uh, I just want to welcome you to Twitter because last week you didn't have one. No, that's true. I mean, I did. I just deleted it because I never use it. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, I can't be talking about Twitter and not have one myself to promote the show. So I figured I'd uh, reload it. Yeah. And uh, I'm at Lyles13, L-I-L-E-S, across the board. So whatever you want to find me on, that's usually what I'm under. Brilliant. Cool. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. It's good to be back. Thanks. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.